Welcome to Crazy Crimes Podcast, hosted by Ari Kat. This is a podcast about crimes that deserve more exposure to aid in the arrest of the individuals who are wanted for the crimes mentioned. This is also to help others be aware of cases that do not make it to our news media outlets. Crazy Crimes is not for the faint of heart. It discusses details of crimes such as murder, robbery, violence, and gore, just to name a few. Listener discretion is advised. Crazy Crimes, Episode 2, 10 Crimes the FBI in Colorado Need Your Help Solving. Good morning, everyone. So today we are going to be talking about the 10 crimes the FBI in Colorado need your help solving. So these following crimes and cases are the ones specifically CBI or Colorado Bureau of Investigation has placed as top priorities and they also need to be um, captured uh, or immediately solved. Some people in this list are uh, disappearance cases, murder cases, and obviously wanted cases. Um, Also, this is pretty shocking to me just for the fact that I've lived here in Colorado and I feel like it's such a beautiful place and there's so much to do but within these beautiful snow-capped mountains, gorgeous landscapes and breathtaking views that is a very cold, a very eerie type of life or death by murder and other malicious acts happen and it's very interesting the history of Colorado and how much we don't know about this beautiful state If you are interested in knowing more about Colorado, of course, there are tons of websites online you can definitely dive into. This episode is absolutely not meant for me to scare anyone away from visiting Colorado because, like I said, it is very, very beautiful. However, we must understand that every place has its dark sides. Uh, I'm so excited to be doing this episode because I feel like I need to make sure it's great since I'm also here to represent Colorado. Now let's get to the 10 crimes the FBI in Colorado need your help solving. Number one. So the first person we're going to talk about today is Gregory R. Whitehead, who is wanted by the FBI for criminal acts that occurred in 2007 and for allegedly sexual assaulting a child. In October 2007, Gregory Whitehead allegedly lured two young girls to his home under the plot of using them for household cleaning services. It was reported to the Colorado Springs Police Department that two teenage girls were sexually assaulted by Whitehead. While at his Denver home, Whitehead allegedly served the girls alcohol, took nude and graphic photos of them, and paid them for their sexual favors. Whitehead was arrested in Colorado Springs, Colorado for the following crimes, sexual exploitation of children, soliciting for child prostitution, inducement of child prostitution, criminal attempt to commit sexual assault, and sexual assault. On January 4, 2008, Whitehead failed to appear at a hearing and the state district court issued a failure to appear warrant for his arrest. On June 26, 2008, Whitehead was charged federally with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution by the United States District Court, District of Colorado, and a federal warrant was issued for his arrest. Whitehead is of Caucasian descent with balding brown hair, 6 feet 2 inches with blue eyes, and approximately 180 pounds. 
He should be between 55 and 60 years old as of this year, 2020. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Gregory R. Whitehead, please contact the FBI Denver Field Office at area code 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov. Number 2. Francisco Molina Niave Molina Niave, who was born in Mexico, has told people he was born in El Paso, Texas, where he attended elementary and junior high schools. The fugitive has ties to Colorado, Texas, California, and Mexico. Francisco Molina Niave is being sought for assault and the prohibited use of a weapon. Reports in this case allege the following. On July 5, 1997, Francisco Molina Niave and his girlfriend attended a holiday party at the Denver metro area. While driving home from the party, Molina Niave, who was seated in the front passenger seat, began punching his girlfriend as she was driving. She stopped the car and pulled over. Molina Niave got out and walked around to the driver's side of the car where he continued to beat his girlfriend. The assault continued until a passerby showed up and ran over to the girlfriend. Molina Niave then fled the area. The passerby flagged down a vehicle occupied by additional witnesses who reportedly saw the beating. The passerby asked the witnesses in the car to attempt to locate the suspect. They agreed to help and spotted Molina Niave a short distance away. They told Molina Niave to stop and that they had called the police. The suspect fled down an alley as police arrived. While setting up the perimeter, the police heard two gunshots fired from the alley where the suspect was last seen. The gunshots were fired by two different guns. The officers observed the witness vehicle speed out of the alley. The witnesses were screaming that the same suspect, along with another Hispanic male, had allegedly shot at them and their vehicle. One of the occupants in the vehicle was screaming that she had been shot as well. On January 21, 1999, a jury found Francisco Molina Niave guilty on charges of first-degree assault, attempted first-degree assault, prohibited use of a weapon, and a third-degree assault. Molina Niave fled from the courtroom as the verdict was read. A warrant was then issued for his arrest. On May 17, 2006, Francisco Molina Niave was arrested on the warrant from Denver in San Antonio, Texas. He refused extradition and a Texas court allowed him to post bond pending his extradition appeal. The suspect failed to appear and was arrested in mid-May of 2007. The Texas court set his bond for $1 million. Molina Niave posted the bond and was released. His appeal was denied on October 4, 2007 and he fled again. On March 13, 2008, a federal arrest warrant was issued for Molina Nayave and he was charged with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Francisco Molina Nayave, please call the FBI Denver Field Office at area code 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov or your nearest American Embassy or Consulate. Number 3. John Jacoby John Jacoby's murderous case is still unsolved. And his story is so scary and so sad. It can happen to anyone and if we can help tip off police about who may have killed him, it would be amazing for John Jacoby's family and loved ones. Now let's get into who John was and what happened the day he was killed. So John Jacoby was a resident of Windsor, Colorado, which is about two hours away from where I live. 
In May 2015, John Jacoby was riding his bike innocently to go over a community member's home to help them with yard work. So obviously John was a very much a big part of his community and everybody knew who he was. So John never made it to his community member's home. At around 10.15 a.m., John was shot twice and killed by someone who drove by him. There was another random shooting in the area during the month before Jacoby was killed, and law enforcement also have not made any arrests for that shooting, which fortunately the victim, Corey Romero, survives. Later in 2015, two more unsolved shootings took place around midnight at September 13, 2015, when someone in a red Mini Cooper fired rounds through the windows of Cottonwood Plains Elementary School and the Banner Health Center in Fort Collins, Colorado. The Northern Colorado Shooting Task Force, or NCSTF, has not linked the other shootings in the area to the attacks on Jacoby or Romero. I have heard so many crime stories in my 29 years, but I have never heard about this story until now that I've started this podcast, which is super crazy. And it's also amazing because now I get to know what's going on, what happened here in Colorado where I live. So let's help John Jacoby's family get some closure about this case and let's get whoever is responsible for the shooting death of John Jacoby be put to justice and finally give this family some closure. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of the person or persons responsible for the murder of John Jacoby, please contact the Northern Colorado Shooting Task Force at 970-498-5595 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at the FBI.gov. This is a podcast about crimes that deserve more exposure to aid in the arrests of the individuals who are wanted for the crimes mentioned. This is also to help others be aware of cases that do not make it to our news media outlets. Crazy Crimes is not for the faint of heart. It discusses details of crimes such as murder, robbery, violence, and gore, just to name a few. Listener discretion is advised. Number 4. Omar Felix Felix and his common-law wife, Ashley Cynthia Montalvo, may have fled to Arizona or Mexico with their two young boys. Montalvo is also considered a fugitive with a current federal unlawful flight to avoid prosecution warrant. On September 6, 2011, Ulysses Omar Felix and his male accomplice allegedly participated in a violent home invasion robbery in San Miguel County, Colorado. The subjects were heavily armed and allegedly stole numerous items from the home. During the robbery, the victims were assaulted and held hostage for 12 hours. Felix's accomplice during the crime has since been incarcerated. A state arrest warrant was issued on September 30, 2011 for Felix's arrest by the county and district courts of the 7th Judicial District, San Miguel County, Colorado. Felix was charged with the following crimes. Aggravated robbery of a controlled substance, aggravated robbery, first-degree burglary, theft, false imprisonment, and use of stun guns. Felix was charged federally with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution by the District of Colorado. A federal warrant was issued for his arrest on February 15, 2013. Felix is said to be of Mexican descent with black hair and brown eyes. He is about 5 feet and 6 inches in height and about 160 pounds. His birth date is December 1, 1978.
If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Omar Felix, please contact the FBI Denver Field Office at area code 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov or your nearest American Embassy or Consulate. Number 5. Ashley Cynthia Montalvo Montalvo and her common-law husband, Ulysses Omar Felix, have fled to Arizona or Mexico with their two young boys. Felix is also considered a fugitive with a current federal unlawful flight to avoid prosecution warrant. On September 28, 2011, Ashley Montalvo was arrested for the following charges. Aggravated robbery of a controlled substance, aggravated robbery, first-degree burglary, theft, false imprisonment, and use of stun guns. Montavo's charges stemmed from her assistance and involvement in a violent home invasion robbery allegedly conducted by her common-law husband, Ulysses Omar Felix, in San Miguel County, Colorado. She was released from jail on May 2, 2012 when she pled guilty to robbery in the state of Colorado and was sentenced to time served in jail. Upon release, Montavo was sentenced to probation for a period of three years. Montavo allegedly violated her probation and is believed to have fled to Arizona or Mexico with her two young boys. As a result, she was charged federally with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution by the District of Colorado. A federal warrant was issued for her arrest on February 15, 2013. Montavo is a Caucasian woman who was born on April 28, 1984 and has brown hair and brown eyes. She is 5 feet and 1 inch and is said to be about 125 pounds. Montavo also has a scar on her abdomen. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Ashley Cynthia Montavo, please contact the FBI Denver Field Office at 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov or your nearest American Embassy or Consulate. Number 6. Thane Allen Smyka is wanted for a murder which occurred on August 1, 1983. On that day, police officers responded to an incident at an apartment complex in Boulder, Colorado. A male victim was found in his apartment lying on the living room floor with a gunshot wound to his head. The victim was identified as Smyka's roommate. In October 1986, in Beverly Hills, California, Smyka's car was found empty and abandoned with a stolen license plate. On December 2, 2010, a state arrest warrant was issued for Smyka by the County District Court, Boulder County, Colorado, for first-degree murder. Additionally, on December 13, 2010, a federal arrest warrant was issued by the United States District Court, District of Colorado, after Smyka was charged federally with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. Thane was born on February 27, 1959, in North Dakota. He is fluent in both Spanish and English. He is a Caucasian male that stands at 5 feet, 11 inches, and weighs 140 pounds. He has naturally brown hair with hazel eyes. As seen in the drawings displayed on the FBI.gov website, Smyka may be clean-shaven, he may have a beard or mustache, and may wear glasses. Smyka does not have a valid United States passport. And, through investigation, it was revealed that Smyka may have lived in the town of Yalapa, Mexico, for many years prior to 2007. Once again, that um, city and um, state or whatever in Mexico is Yalapa, Mexico. Y-E-L-A-P-A, Mexico. Additionally, Smyka may be residing in California. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Thane Allen Smyka, 
please contact the Denver FBI Field Office at 303-629-7171, or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov or your nearest American embassy or consulate. This is a podcast about crimes that deserve more exposure to aid in the arrests of the individuals who are wanted for the crimes mentioned. This is also to help others be aware of cases that do not make it to our news media outlets. Crazy Crimes is not for the faint of heart. It discusses details of crimes such as murder, robbery, violence, and gore, just to name a few. Listener discretion is advised. Number 7. Jennifer L. Markham. Jennifer Markham disappeared on February 16, 2003, and she was last seen at the Denver International Airport. I'm going to go into more detail about this case because once again, this is one of those cases I've never heard of before. I was also lucky to have found more information about Jennifer's story, so I want to share it and spread the word about her disappearance in hopes of finding where she is. Um, This story also has a lot of names involved in it, so let's not get lost in the twists and turns. So let's get into this. Markham was last seen between 11 a.m. and noon on February 17, 2003, in the vicinity of the 8500 block of Pena Boulevard near the Denver International Airport in Denver, Colorado. Her brown four-door 1999 Saturn was later found abandoned in a remote parking lot at the airport. Markham has not been heard from since then, and there's no evidence that she took a flight out of the airport. Her cell phone has not been used since the day of her disappearance. Shortly before her disappearance, Markham visited her boyfriend, Stephen Ennis, who was incarcerated in a federal detention center. Ennis was awaiting trial on charges of running a distribution ring for the drug ecstasy and Markham was listed as potential witness in his case. She visited him regularly in jail and told a friend that she wanted to marry him. The last phone call she made was to Ennis. She told him she loved him and would see him in three days. Authorities believe she may have been murdered and her disappearance is possibly related to her boyfriend's criminal case, but no arrests have been made in the connection with her disappearance. Now there is another suspect in the case, Scott Kimball. He and Markham knew each other well and talked on the phone every day between December 2002 and February 2003. They also met in person a dozen times. Scott was a former cellmate of Ennis but was released from custody early so he could be an FBI informant. He initially said Ennis had solicited Markham to kill a witness against him and that she had bought a gun and flown to New York to commit the murder. In June 2003, Scott changed his story and told an FBI agent that a drug dealer, which is one of Ennis' friends, had killed Markham. He said the murderer had strangled her and buried her body near Rifle, Colorado. He said he had seen a photograph of Markham lying in fetal position with her arms and legs bound and her mouth taped shut. Scott is a suspect in three murders, his own uncle Terry Kimball, Leanne Emery, and Casey McLeod. McLeod disappeared in 2003 and her body was identified in 2008. McLeod was last seen in Scott's company and he later married her mother. Emery disappeared in 2004 and her body was found and identified in the spring of 2009. Scott has a long criminal history and in December 2008, he pleaded guilty to felony theft and being a habitual criminal. In July 2009, he led police to Terry's mummified remains in a remote mountain pass near Vail, Colorado. 
He agreed to reveal the body's location when the prosecutors promised he would not face charges in his uncle's death. Scott was originally sentenced to 48 years in prison, but his sentence was increased after he could not lead the authorities to Markham's remains and admitted she could be buried as far as 60 miles from the location he took them to. He was sentenced to 70 years. In 2018, he was named a person of interest in the 1998 murder of Lena Reyes Guedes, whose body was unidentified for 20 years. Markham was employed as a dancer at Shotgun Willie's, a strip club in Glendale, Colorado, in 2003. She also has work experience in the fast food industry. She had full custody of her toddler son in 2003, and her family described her as a dedicated parent who would not have willingly abandoned her child. Markham attended Lanfear High School in Springfield, Illinois and started living independently at the age of 17. She enjoys shopping, dancing, and sports, especially volleyball. Before her disappearance, she had mentioned a desire to travel to Spokane, Washington, or to New York. Her case remains unsolved. Jennifer Markham is a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes who was born on June 15, 1977. Markham's ears are pierced and she may use the last names Hoyle and or Wigan. Markham has breast implants with unique serial numbers. She was wearing an intrauterine device or IUD for birth control at the time of her disappearance. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Jennifer L. Markham, please contact the FBI Denver Field Office at 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov. Number 8. Francisco Alfonso Murillo Francisco Alfonso Murillo is wanted for murder in Thornton, Colorado. On April 20, 2006, local law enforcement responded to a 911 call of a gunshot victim at a sports bar. Upon arriving at the location, two victims had suffered from gunshot wounds to their arms and a hand. The third victim later died from a single gunshot wound to the abdomen. It is alleged that Murillo is responsible for the shootings and has fled to Mexico. On May 5, 2006, an arrest warrant was issued for Francisco Alfonso Murillo by the District Court, Adams County, Colorado, for first-degree murder. Additionally, on August 3, 2006, Murillo was subsequently charged with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution in a federal arrest warrant issued by the United States District Court, District of Colorado. Murillo suffered an injury as a child and has a glass right eye. He has tattoos on his left hand, right calf, and right knee. He also has a scar on his hand. He was born on April 12, 1983 and is Mexican. Murillo is 5 feet 10 inches and weighs about 130 pounds. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of Francisco A. Murillo, please contact the FBI Denver Field Office at 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov or your nearest American Embassy or Consulate. Number 9. Lashea Stein Lashea Stein from Aurora, Colorado disappeared on July 15, 2016. Lashea was 16 years old when she disappeared. There is a reward of up to $15,000 in this case. Lashea was an honor student at George Washington High School when she disappeared. Her family had said she has just been selected for an internship at University of Colorado Hospital and planned to go to college to study nursing. Lashea's mother, Sabrina Jones, said the last time she saw her daughter was the night of July 15, 2016. Jones said they were both going to bed and that Lashea had a job interview the next morning. Surveillance video showed the teen walking near Peoria Street and East Montview Boulevard a few hours later at 2.30 a.m. After that, she wasn't seen again. 
Lachea was scheduled for a job interview on July 16th but never arrived. Lachea has not made any attempts to contact family members or friends since she has been gone. Her family members and police have said they do not believe she ran away. Her wallet, clothes, phone charger were still on her room. Lachea was born on February 8th, 2000. She has long black hair and usually wore it in a bun. She has brown eyes and weighs about 150 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She's a black female and stands at 5 feet 6 inches. Lachea also has a quarter-sized round scar on her chest. On the day of her disappearance, Lachea was last seen wearing a black v-neck t-shirt, black stonewashed jeans, silver hoop earrings, and a silver watch on her left arm. Tipsters can reach the Aurora Police Department Crimes Against Children tip line at 303-739-6164 and Metro Denver Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. Callers can remain anonymous. So last but not least on our list is William Roger Connell. William Roger Connell of Loveland, Colorado was shot and killed by a still unidentified person. Just before 11 p.m. on June 3, 2015, officers responded to a call of a man bleeding from gunshot wounds and lying on the sidewalk. Emergency responders tried to save Connell but were unsuccessful. The coroner said Connell's cause of death was a gunshot wound. Police are calling the case as a homicide. Police and the FBI have refused to comment on the possibility of a serial shooter. Law enforcement is offering a $10,000 reward for information on the first two unsolved shootings that authorities say that are related, though they have not said how. CBS Denver reports that bicyclist John Jacoby was found dead May 18th along a rural road in Windsor, Colorado, and motorist Corey Romero was driving on Interstate 25 on April 22nd when she was shot in the neck and survived. All three shootings, including the Loveland killing, occurred within 15 miles of each other. Family and neighbors say Connell had survived cancer and often took late night walks through his quiet neighborhood. Sadie Rogers, 15, said Connell was her grandfather and had worked for years in the computer industry before taking a job at Home Depot. She said the nighttime walks helped him sleep after work. If you have any information regarding this case and the whereabouts of the persons responsible for William Roger Connell's death, please contact the FBI Denver Field Office at 303-629-7171 or you can also submit an anonymous tip through the FBI website at fbi.gov. Thank you guys for listening to Crazy Crimes Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I welcome you to the world of crime. Please follow me on Twitter at crazycrimes.com underscore pod for more crime related content i will also post a lot about the references i've used for all of my research